It's time for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teolos. You can find everything on pinballprofile.com, all your subscriptions, past episodes, and more. We're on Twitter and Instagram, at pinballprofile. Email us, pinballprofile at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Facebook group. It is March. It's an exciting time of year for pinball. And you can't say that over the last couple of years because of what's gone on in the world. But it's back. The Texas Pinball Festival. Thank goodness. Looking forward to that in a few weeks. And joining us right now, one of the organizers, Kim Vanderveen. Hey, Kim, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. And uh, I think you just got back from Florida, too. So hope you had a nice vacation before you really get busy over the next few weeks. We did. It gave us a chance to just relax. Is that always the plan right before TPF? Just to, okay, we know it's going to be nutty over the next uh, little while and certainly chaotic during the actual event, but just kind of, okay, let the hair down a little bit and relax. Well, not exactly. I'm... Uh you know, it's bit, we start our stuff for TPF way back in October, so there's always stuff to be done. Um, but when we're in uh, Florida, I don't have access to all the TPF stuff, so I, I can't do anything or do as much as I want to do or have to do for TPF. So um, it f- kind of forces me to take a break because <laughs> I'm not physically able to handle some of it. Well, I think you need the break because it is such a big operation with you, with Ed, with Paul McKinney. If we think of what happened, the last show was three years ago, 2019. I was there. It was a lot of fun. And it was basically a week or two before the show in 2020 when everything came to a halt. Yeah, I think it was 12 days. That's devastating. And I know, I think I was talking to Ed about this. You know, you had to kind of wait until the governor said, okay, these things can't happen right now because there's obviously insurance policies and and cancellations and this and that. I can only imagine how difficult it was to pull the trigger and say, you know what, we can't do it in 2020 just based on, on the pandemic. What was that like? Uh, it was heartbreaking, actually. Um, there were some tears and <laughs> we just, you know, we love the show and, and we love putting this show on. And so when we had to pull that trigger and say, no, we can't do it this year for, you know, multitude of reasons, um, you know, having to tell everybody that uh, was, it was heartbreaking. It was probably not easier, but at least more understood in 2021 when it couldn't happen. At least you had a little more time to to make those considerations and alterations as opposed to, like you say, 12 days. Right. So in 2021, we kind of uh, had a, a drop dead deadline and we were like, you know, if, if things haven't really, well, first of all, we didn't start on our normal timeline, which is in October. So we just kind of held off trying to see what was going to happen, what the governor was going to do, what the president was going to do, what everybody was going to do. And so in January, when it wasn't looking good, we just said, okay, we, we just going to call it off. and We're not even going to get in started in this one. So, I know a lot of the pinball community certainly supported TPF. I got a great shirt. This, this really nice uh, black three-quarter sleeve with blue sleeves, mm-hmm. kind of baseball jersey. I really like it from uh, TPF in 2020. And I thought that was a nice, first of all, collector's piece for myself. It, it was great artwork from Christopher Franchi, and it really helped TPF. And I have to assume the pinball community was a big help in keeping this going. They were. And um, I've told several people. So like I said, it was heartbreaking when we had to make that decision. And um, personally, I was, I had a lot of concerns, right? Not just not having the show, but also the state of the customers wanting the, you know, money, wanting their money back, how, you know, how we were going to handle that because of the way we run the show. 
we use that money that's given to us at the beginning, you know, with the pre with the pre-registrations and the t-shirt sales and all that stuff to put the show on. So a lot of it had already been spent. And so when the pinball community at large said, keep our money, we want the show to come back. And they bought all of the merchandise that we had already purchased. That was incredible. I, I just, it was a, it was a crazy feeling to, to know that there were so many people behind us and trying to make sure that the show could come back. I can't imagine what it was like to be in your shoes, to be in Ed's when that happened, how scary and vulnerable you really were at that time. But because of the community's love for the Texas Pinball Festival, for how this show has grown and grown, and you get people from all over the world. All over the world, yeah. I'm only in Canada. That's no big deal. But I mean, from Australia, from England, from everywhere, because they know this is the show. And it would have been a tragedy if... You know, if it didn't happen through no fault of your own through this pandemic and uh, we were able to keep it going. And that's why I'm so excited for what's going to happen in a couple of weeks. And uh, I bet you are, too. Yeah. And I think everybody is. Um, so the vast majority of people, you know, held their tickets over. So we had all of those. And so we didn't expect a lot of pre registrations for this year. We figured all those people had, you know, they already had their tickets. They're going to they were just going to wait and they're going to come. We're well over like twenty five hundred pre registrations at this point. And so that's that's almost almost a double again what we had done in in or for 2020 so we had about 1200 ready to go and now we're over 2500 pre-registrations and who knows with the walk-ups too i mean this is going to be great <laughs> and the reason why people go is 40,000 square feet 400 plus pinball machines all kinds of events and tournaments and everything you can possibly imagine video games as well too so it has it all there at the embassy suites and frisco convention center had a look online and again, texaspinballfestival.com, big vendor list. I think that's one of the things that surprised me the most. When I go to pinball events, because I'm a tournament player, I'm, I'm fascinated by the tournaments and you've got great ones there. And uh, in fact, Colin McAlpine is talking to us about what's going on uh, for the tournaments on final round. You'll hear that tomorrow on the Pinball Network. But what I like about Texas Pinball Festival is you don't even have to play any tournaments. There's so much going on. The vendors I've never seen before, too. So you really have everyone kind of funneling in to Texas for this big event. Absolutely. This is a uh, huge. And, and again, it wasn't just the um, the customers that held their tickets over. Most of our vendors did the same. They were just like, nope, we're going to hold on right with you. And they did. So I'm just happy to, that I'm going to get to see everybody again. <laughs> It's been so long. Well, Kim, it's a win-win, right? Because the vendors know that it's great exposure. You just mentioned 2,500 pre-sale tickets, almost double what it was before, and and then all the walk-ups too. So they're going to get great exposure and probably some good sales as well too. So why wouldn't they want to lock in their spots? Absolutely. Some of the events I noticed on the calendar, it's going to be nice to see Jersey Jack there with Jack and Steve Ritchie, now an employee there. Steve's always a lot of fun when you get him in Texas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a staple of TPF, has been for a little while. I think uh, I recall a late night, uh, it was a hotel suite. You were there, Ed was there, I think Steve was there. There may have been some fireball, I perhaps recall that. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> you and I like that, boy. You're, you're on your team fireball, aren't you? I do like fireball, yeah. I'm a girl, Kim. Any- <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to be a lot of fun to hear what uh, they have to say. That's just one of the events. And uh, you've also got American Pinball, Chicago Gaming. I think a lot of people are really circling this one. They want to see the new Weird Al pinball machine. So Multimorphic is going to be there with games in hand. Yes, I'm, I'm actually very excited to see that one myself. 
And there's a lot going on. So it's not just seminars. It's not just tournaments. There's the other extras that come along. There's a Friday night. Um, I think it's the big smoke that Ed does with his buddies out on the uh, Cypress Lounge. And I, we've got a book. I was really kind of surprised at how popular um, that seemed to be on social media. People were like, really, that's that's what I want to go do. Okay. Um, so they'll be out there doing that. And uh, we've got the autograph session, as always, uh, in the hallway outside the uh, seminar room on Saturday afternoon. That's always really popular. Um, and while they're doing that, We'll have the Twippy Awards getting set up for uh, for their session at 8 o'clock on Saturday. Everything opens up on Friday as far as the vendors are concerned in the show. Uh, that's Friday at 5 p.m. and it is overwhelming. I'm there the day before and I check out and talk to yourself and to Ted and see the setup and I'm just blown away at how big this event is. Right. And so, yeah, the, the doors will open at 5 o'clock and they stay open until 1 a.m. on um, Saturday morning. And we'll be back at it Saturday, uh, all day Saturday, and um, then Sunday until 2 o'clock is when they, we kind of tell them that they can go ahead and start breaking down because we have the um, award show at 2.30 or the closing ceremonies. About those closing ceremonies, you, you really do wrap it up with a big bang. You've got local collector there and quote-unquote Mayor Bill Morrison going around for the award ceremony. You certainly cover off a lot of different things. It's not just best in show. We're talking like best antiques. These are pre-1960 machines, mm-hmm. and you don't see a lot of those at shows. Uh, no, uh, Jeff Frick does a really, really good job uh, with his booth. Um, he brings in a lot of pre-wars, and he encourages a lot of the uh, collectors that have those types of machines to, to bring them in as well. Um, we kind of corral them into a big area where um, he can keep an eye on them because they're, you know, they're delicate. <laughs> Um, but a lot of people really enjoy them, and um, it's one of the, my favorite booths as well to go in and, and see uh, Jeff and all of the machines that he has set up. He, he restores them so nicely. He's done a couple of ours, too. The passion of pinball players and collectors, it just it never ceases to amaze me because, yes, it's easy to get a new game in box if you, you can just throw down some money and do that, but the details, the mods, the the recreations, and and. The restorations um, of things you thought might be in the old pinball graveyard. I love seeing these 40, 50-year-old machines just still going strong, and you certainly award that as well. Oh, yeah, they do a great job. And uh, some of those older machines, they, they look as good as they did on day one, if not better. You know, And we try to make sure that we notice, that they know that we notice, um, that they're doing a lot of work on these machines. And it's not just, you know, it might be their passion, it might be their hobby, but... All of us can appreciate that, and for them to bring it out so that we can appreciate it is, is amazing. Our exhibitors are awesome. They definitely are. You'll see awards for the best original pinball machine, and mm-hmm. some people might have these in their back pocket like they haven't really said anything. They've been kind of quiet on pin side, and then they're going to surprise everybody at TPF. That's always a, a pleasure, too, so you award that for best original as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, we revised this best in show awards list uh, a few years back um, to try and cover, well, to award more where we could, uh, but we try to cover specific areas. And the best original is always a fun one because, you know, people have great ideas and, and when they can pull them off, it's it's just awesome to sit there and watch. I'm like, you know, you, you want that one to be made so you can purchase one for yourself. But um, some of the some of the originals, you know, they're one offs and they, they just look great. And just being able to play one or sometimes just see it is is enough. That's one of the interesting things about these originals, and you just mentioned it. Maybe they do get a little knock on the door from Mm -hmm. one of these pinball companies. Hey, how would you like to mass produce that? We could throw this license on it. And maybe they saw it at Texas Pinball Festival. 
Well, I'm pretty sure that's what happened with Scott Denise's. <laughs> yes, it, in fact, you're right. Absolutely, it did with TNA. Oh, mm-hmm. For sure. And I have one of those in my house now, too. <laughs> there you go. And a lot of people do. It's a great game, mm-hmm. great sound. It is. Everybody's fans of Scott. He's he's wonderful. And, and he'll be actually working on that multimorphic Weird Al with the sound. So another mm-hmm. reason to check that out. Best Custom Pinball, that's another award. You know, when you go to shows, for me as an outsider, I look at, okay, I want to play some pinball tournaments, check. Texas Pinball Festival has that. If it's a show, do they have a nice variety of vendors? You can definitely say that about Texas Pinball Festival. I haven't been to many where you would have more, if any, in fact. And maybe because I'm a little chubby, I like to know that there's some good food around and you've got all those food trucks out there. I think that's great too. So yeah, I can just stay right there. Oh yeah. And all the hotels too. There's tons. Oh. Yeah, we have quite a few in the area. The one that is directly across from the convention center is actually closer to our to the convention center doors than our own hotel that's attached. I always thought that was fun. Fans of Tolkien and fans of Doctor Who will be excited. Sylvester McCoy has agreed to uh, show up. I know you had him scheduled for 2020, so that's nice that he'll be there and signing a lot of autographs. Yes, uh, we were pleasantly surprised to find out that, you know, even after what happened in 2020, he was willing to come back. He didn't. This year, I think there was a little bit of conflict as he's finishing up a movie, but I think the time's just going to work out perfect. He's going to finish up his movie and then come on uh, to our show and visit us. You've had a lot of great guests over the years at TPF. Mm -hmm. Uh, We started out with Elvira, of course, and then uh, Lou Ferrigno with the Hulk, uh, Sam Jones, John Rhys-Davies. Um, they've all been great to have at the show. And, and, you know, the crossover into the pinball world is what we're looking for. And uh, every one of them has made that happen for us. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I see the lineups for the autographs and a lot of photos you see on Facebook. Immediately after Texas Pinball Festival, you see a lot of the profile pictures change to some of these special guests. So it's got to make you feel good. Oh, yeah. No, we we do like that. I mean, uh, there's a lot of hard work to put the show on and uh, the fact that everybody enjoys it as much as they do. And you know, we don't really hear a lot of negative. Um, we spend so much time working on the show, and when we get positive feedback, it just it just makes us so happy. It makes our day. We just kind of sit back and go, okay, we did a good job. What's the hardest thing about running the whole festival, if you had to nail it to one thing? That would be difficult to say. Is it Ed? <laughs> actually, actually, he helps me uh, get through a lot of it. Um, so we all kind of have our little section. Um, and we try not to step on each other's toes. Um, and, and we do that pretty well. So mine, mine is, you know, the website. I do, uh, Ed and I together, we do, uh, merchandise inventory, you know, getting it out to the people, shipping, holding it up in the, packing it up in the boxes. Um, then I take care of the database and all of the pre packets, pre registration packets, all of that stuff. So for me, it's really just about staying organized. And if I can't stay organized, I get overwhelmed really quickly. Um, so I have some help in that area. And um, Robert Harris is one of my biggest helpers. He's with me almost all year long. And I'm I constantly am sending him a message going, I, I think I messed something up in the database. Can you fix it? <laughs> you know? um, so he helps me a lot with that. But just, just staying organized and making sure that we're not creating duplicates of anything and that we have everything that everyone's ordered and make sure that, you know, we don't run out of any of that. Sounds like you have the heavy lifting, all the pre-registration. You just mentioned there were 2,500 people that pre-registered and, and here you are looking after that. And I know Robert's helping out, but uh, wow, uh, you've got a, you got a lot on your shoulders. Yeah. And uh, this is the crunch time, right? So we're in a, we're about to shut off the, the online store as far as merchandise pre-orders and um, 
guest registration because we're about to go to print. So once that happens, you know, the, the time is pretty short. You want it, you don't want to go to print too early because things can change, but you don't want to go too late because then you won't have enough time to get it all back. And plus everybody is saying you got to add two or three days or a week to your order time to make sure you get it back in time. So that kind of, um, worries me a little bit too to make, you know, not until it's at my door am I satisfied that I've got it ready to go. And yet you're taking time to talk to me on pinball profile. I feel guilty. <laughs> Maybe I should let you go. That's <laughs> no, all right. I need a few minutes. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's only a couple of weeks away. And thank you for putting this on. I know it has been a struggle over the last couple of years with the pandemic, but uh, the pinball community, I think, will always be there for Texas Pinball Festival because of what yourself, Ed, Paul McKinney, everybody involved. This is such a wonderful presentation. I'm looking forward to it. It's one of those events that everybody kind of circles on their calendar at the start of the year. Okay. There's my vacation time, there's my trip, there's my flight, my hotel, done, booked, let's go. It's going to be a lot of fun. It still surprises me that we're the destination. They're not coming for something else. They're coming for Texas Pinball Festival, and then they do other things while they're here. That's that's amazing. <laughs> well, that's what you've grown it into, so uh, thank you. Thank you. All the best to you, Kim, and I'll see you in a few weeks. Can't wait for it. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find everything on pinballprofile.com. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com and check out our Facebook group. I'm Jeff Teolis. God bless Texas.